I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome to the Junk Time AFL podcast for round 15, 2022. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who is calling for the send-off rule to be enforced. It is Adam Rosenbachs. Uh, g'day, Michael. G'day, Junk Timers. Yes, absolutely disgraceful scenes at the MCG yesterday where Tom Stewart just, like like he was back playing on the, uh, the Ballerine Peninsula, thought he was back at uh, Ocean Grove, just, you know, <laughs> picking off people left, right and centre. So he has gone past the ball, and you can never go past the ball, Michael. Once, once you go past the ball, my friend, you are looking for trouble. And trouble he found. Yeah, like, I mean, obviously we know going past the ball is one of the worst mm. things, but also the way you played the game, going away mm. from the ball can be equally <laughs> as bad. <laughs> well, I was, trying to, um, I was trying to create space. You know how they say, you've got to, cre- you've got to make the ground wider, and <laughs> I was trying to the make hole. the ground. <laughs> exactly, yeah, but no one, no one there was anyone else around. I was just feeling <laughs> a, a hole, not the hole in front of the forwards. <laughs> So Tommy Stewart has decided to go past the ball and cleaned up the human meatball, Dion Prestia, right in the fucking scone and has laid him out. And there have been calls that the um, red card, the sin bin, should be introduced. And I, for one, say it's about time we bring it in. You've been big on this for a fair while. I mean, I, every episode I that we go to record, you go, can I talk mm. about the red card? Can I talk about send-off rule? Uh, you yeah. do, if, I think we've done about 330-odd episodes now, and every single yeah. episode before, uh, mm. when we're doing our three-hour meeting before, and after we've done the, full, <laughs> after we've done the review of the show the week before. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> and we've done the rehearsal of this <laughs> show, and then yeah, I try and sneak it into the rundown. A lot of people don't know this show is actually 95% scripted, <laughs> I reckon. Like, we actually take a lot of time to kind of, you know, to go, are they a low dog? Is that the right oh, angle we should be going with at this stage? Like, that mate. person raising money for charity? Are they a low yeah. dog? <laughs> <laughs> that day in the meeting when we came up with the phrase, low dog cunt, that was, I mean, <laughs> oh, we put the feet up for the rest of the afternoon that day. So, I say that Tom Stewart should be sent off, but. Not to the bench, not to watch on with the game. He has to go directly. So say it was yesterday, the Richmond-Geelong clash. He mm. has to go and sit himself in the Richmond cheer squad for the remainder of that game. And, I think that's only fair. And the AFL says to the cheer squad, hey, guys, free beer. Go for it. Go your hardest. And they bring <laughs> it to them. They don't even have to leave their seats. You know, they bring them like a little bladder that they can wee into and they go, you guys don't have to leave. Tommy Stewart, you're sitting there, and oh, my lordy, you are going to cop it because, you know, Geelong gets up by three points. He's best on ground. That is the fucking amazing thing, you know, that everyone's been talking about. You know, John Ralph's been saying, oh, but... And always, Michael, the question is, what if this happens in a grand final? In a grand final. <laughs> oh, mate, imagine it happened in a grand final. Uh, I mean, you just can't. You just... You've got to... Every rule that we bring in is... Uh, Every, everything they introduce in the AFL, in the back of their head, they go, 
How would this go in a grand final? What would happen in a grand final? I like the idea yeah. that the, you know, when you go to the game and the security guards on the boundary are looking at the crowd. I like the mm. idea that you get the red card, you get sent off, you got to walk through yeah. the cheer squad, sit yep. in the middle of the cheer squad, and then there's a yeah. ritual where the security guards turn their back. Turn their back. The <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're yep. back on the ground. Like the prison guards in prison, just turning a blind eye. Didn't say nothing. The guy didn't say nothing. Who deserves a bit about? of a licking? Um, I know. Am I being an unpopular opinion here? Where I didn't think it was that bad. The Tom Stewart hit. Yeah, I actually didn't Is think that it was right. Wow, yeah. Michael, you have fucking. You, now, I, I mean, you have always said. The head is open for business. You, you like I always say, it's sacrosanct. <laughs> and you're like, mate, go the fucking head. No head body sacred, shots. I, I want elbows. I want fucking headbutts. No, I um, I maybe haven't watched it enough. I haven't watched it in slow motion. I haven't watched it from uh, uh, footy from all angles. But mm. I, I just didn't think it didn't strike me as particularly vicious. It was just like a guy wandering by, did a bump. Now I, I'm, I'm happy to be proved wrong, and I might watch the footage and just be like, oh no, he should get ten. But yeah. like, what what are you looking at him getting at this stage? Now I know you don't go past the ball and you don't bump the head, but sometimes, no. sometimes people bump their head and they don't actually mean to bump their head. You know, things are happening rather quickly out there on that field. They are, yeah. I I hear you. I hear you. I'm on your side. But he did, mate. He went past the ball, and we all know you never ever go past. I I reckon he'll get. I reckon he'll get four or five for that. It, it was because he really he, like Presti was gone before he hit the deck. Yep. And then kind of came to. And another thing, how about umpires? How about you fucking let him get off the ground before you let the play go on? The guy's been fucking knocked out. Did they actually do that? Yeah, well, like, because their argument is if there's no stretcher, then we don't need to stop the game. And it's sort of like, actually... yeah, but he can't walk under his own steam. Like, just assume that that's just as bad as stretching him off. But that is the idea that the kind of almost the stretcher is like the official moment where they have to kind yes, of stop the game yeah. properly and bring people over. And also, if you're kind of carrying someone who's unconscious, like it's you know ninety kilos of dead weight. I'm watching yeah, the footage absolutely. now at him. He runs past. Oh, okay, that's pretty yeah. full. <laughs> <laughs> so this is how bad it was. Dion Presti couldn't even give the thumbs up when he got off the ground. Oh, now no. that. I think the MRO should take that, the tribunal should take that into account. They go, we'll give him three weeks. They go, did you give a thumbs up? No. Oh, fuck. He's really crook. Five weeks, instant, no thumbs up. Okay, so he's jumped up and then he's landed. I, I, I don't know. Is there something in terms of if he mm, – I think that's where you go for like that rugby bump. You go, you kind of lower the shoulders and you go down. Yes. I think, I think he's clipped him. Actually, I'm turning around. I'm blaming Prestia for this, actually. I think he's actually you, gone down. I think he's faking. He just didn't want to play the rest of the afternoon. He wanted to sit on the boundary and just watch it wearing a tracksuit top in shorts. Because you see him after the footage, like he's kind of trying to crawl up. Like, yep. I think, I reckon he's actually trying to sneak out, sneak off the ground <laughs> without <laughs> anyone noticing. <laughs> you know what I always uh, am flummoxed by? Now, I know the footballers, they're pretty, you know, they play a tough game and stuff, but... You know when you get injured in the first quarter and then you go and sit on the bench in your shorts and just like a little thin tracksuit top? It's Mm -hmm. fucking freezing. Like if I'm in the stands, I'm five metres away from you. I've got a jumper, I've got a jacket, I'm wearing a beanie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're just sitting there. And I know that to me proves that these guys are fucking much harder than I am because I would be like bitching and moaning and be like, can I get another blankie? Have they... (laughs) Generally got rid of the dressing gown nowadays, or is that still a thing? I can't really picture the old school kind of fluffy dressing gowns that they used to have. But the is that generally ones. gone no. now? There's now a tracksuit track top. They have a tracksuit top, but the swans were running like a kind of 
cool ass bathrobe for a little bit after the game because I remember um, seeing I think Buddy strolling around the change rooms, but that was post game when maybe they'd had the showers, but they had these really kick ass uh, bathrobes that were pretty sick. That'd be kind of cool having a club bathrobe, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, actually, I mean, I imagine most uh, teams actually have that in their merch category. You have a bath, have a bathrobe. I should go. I should look on the Hawthorne lineup and see um, what they've got. But also, I live alone, so I don't really have a need for a bathrobe. I think bathrobes are kind of like a privacy thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I tend to get out of the shower, dry myself off, and get dressed. Well, yeah, yeah, and I dry myself with my two thousand and eight Premiership towel, Adam. Do still you really have up. one of those? Yeah, yeah, it's still holding up. <laughs> you fucking sick man! How much was that? How much was how much was the towel? I don't think it, it definitely wasn't as much as my two hundred dollar um, premiership figurines from '08. Uh, yep. I think it probably maybe might have gone for like twenty five or so. Oh, they probably gave it the premiership bump and popped it up to like thirty five or something. Yeah. And then okay. I had not, my not autographed, not not stitched in autographs or anything like that. No, no, it doesn't have uh, Xavier Ellis's uh, autograph on it. And then yep. I got, I think that year I got as well, like my Hawthorne premiership. Um, big fluffy slippers, and they were a dream. Actually, they're the big, bulky, yeah. like cushioned kind of really nice things on a cold Melbourne's evening. Uh, See, that's what if you're say you're Dean Presti and you're concussed, Richmond should take advantage of that and parade him around. He comes back out to the bench, big bathrobe. He's got the towel around him as well, big fluffy slippers. Everyone's looking at him, going, "Fuck, where do we get a pair of those?" And then. <laughs> You're using, you're maximising a bad situation. Well, that's the thing, yeah. It kind of becomes like a merch kind of thing, you know? Yes. And he, yeah. and he just kind of like happens to be kind of carrying a pile of like um, the three premierships on DVD. It's just like, yeah. and that's actually, maybe they, can, maybe they can be the concussion test. Like get like yeah. 10 DVDs in a pile and you've got to put it in one hand. And if you can walk 10 metres in a straight line without <laughs> dropping them, then yep, you're yep. good to go, mate. Play on. Play on. Yeah. Hey, hey, we, we want to say thank you to all our Patreon subscribers. I was about to say the same thing, then you talked over me, but you know, that's okay. You know, I find uh, interesting, we we've been in the same town. I didn't town put that in the script. We've been in the same town for about three months now, and we actually haven't done a show in the same room apart from the live show back at the, um, the top of the comedy festival earlier this year. I am aware of that, but I don't reckon the junk timers out there realise that we're not in the same room because we do such a seamless job technically. So you well, just yeah, I don't revealed... I don't think to we're revealing. Time is out there that we're never. We're never I don't together. think we're um, like we're you know pulling the curtain back on the Wizard of Oz right here. Oh, you probably haven't seen the Wizard of Oz because it's a show for a movie for kids. <laughs> um, oh, I think I saw it when I was a child. But the only I think I will come out of my way. It's only by the uh, work life balance, guys. But um, Absolutely. it's only by the fact that um, uh, the restraining order, obviously, and then also yes. yep. I think we do need to do a show together. Have you heard any more on this? Is our is our chicken salt? flavoured beer on the way or do you know any more oh, about that? Yeah, so th- that was that from Big Shed Brewery, I believe. And I spoke mm-hmm. to someone from the brewery and they um, were like, hey, we'd love to host a show. So that is if we do come to Adelaide, that is you know one of the options that we had. And I said, mate, we'd love to review the beer. Can you uh, let us know? And so I gave him my address. So unless it's been dropped off here and some low dog out the front of Wayne Jackson Studios has snaked it. So someone in the local you know, AFL area is just sitting back uh, drinking a nice little uh, chicken salt as they're watching the footy. I'll be very angry, but I don't think it's arrived. I don't think they've sent it. Dude, that would actually have totally happened. Like, if No, the they usually get sent up. to the post office, so you've got to go pick it up three days later. 
Yeah, but if think about it this way: if a package rocked up to Wayne Jackson Studios and it had Big yeah. Shed Brewing Company on the on the box, yeah, like this is true. Immediately, like that person's going, "There's fucking chicken salt flavored beer in there." <laughs> I'm yep, getting yep. at that before. <laughs> what's his name? Yeah. You know, comes back into Wayne Jackson Studios to record a <laughs> podcast. So yep. I'm I'm trying to think. I mean, I heck, I had a friend send me. Um, she baked some cookies for me um, last year. And I was heading into Rod Carter Studios, and so she sent the little uh, some special cookies, hey, for Chandler. no, no, those just, chocolate uh, chip. I, I think I was just some a kind cheech and chong on a Sunday night. <laughs> it might have been. <laughs> it might have been a Christmas present or something, but um, yeah. but yeah, she sent it to Wayne uh, to Rod Carter Studios, and so I went in there, obviously, did my research, you know, inside fifties, you know, kicks to the fat side, kicks to the thin side, as we yeah. do each week, and um, uh, someone had. Open them, open up the package and ripped them out and like stolen the cookies. Seriously? Yeah, someone like had like seen my package in the in the foyer at the front of the building that we own. Yeah, where we have <laughs> Rod yeah, Studios. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And they literally stole the cookies. Like that's and, incredible. Um, and the um the the building manager that we have that we employ to run the building. That yeah, we absolutely. Own, yep, yeah. Yeah. Yep. He gave me a call. And she'd put like a funny name or something. So it was like, um, you know, Butt Munch McGee or something. And he yeah. had my address <laughs> and the phone number. And he's like, oh, uh, yeah, there's um, like, yeah, a package that was open. It's like, um, Butt Munch McGee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's oh, no, like me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's moved out. He's moved out. But, yeah, but I, was, I was a bit like Obi-Wan Kenobi. I was like, nobody's called me Butt Munch McGee for years. <laughs> you don't get that reference. I don't know. Yeah, I don't understand <laughs> that reference at all because I'm an adult. Um. But we wanted to say thank you to all the Patreon subscribers. Uh, we do appreciate what you do for us each week. Um, you can subscribe at patreon.com slash junktimeaflpod. And we just want to say a big thank you to all the subscribers out there. We love what you do and it really does help. It helps, uh, what did you say before? It keeps the lights on and it gets Michael, what do you get, like two bags of cocaine a week? Whoa, whoa, three. Thank you very so much. Yeah, so we want to say thank you for that. Now, you and I, Michael, both went to Marvel Stadium on the weekend. We actually did. And you know what? I'd have to look back into the fixture of 2019, but I was only in Melbourne for a bit during that year. So I don't know how many games I went to at Marvel because I'm I'm banking them as much as I can by the fact that, you know, got a weird work schedule and also, um, but I'm trying to bank them before, like, you know, I go back to Sydney. Um, Yep. So I'm trying to hit them. I think I've got one more I can actually go to that's, you know, actually in Melbourne when I'm free. But um, uh, I actually, there is a possibility the last time I went to Marvel was for the AFLX in 2019. There is a genuine possibility. Oh, when you and I went. That could have been the last time I went to to Marvel. And then also, if like a meteor hit the, if a meteor hit the world, like Mm. the day after, You'd be like, I've lived, I've lived my life goals. I've yeah. gone, I've gone to AFLX at Marvel, yeah, at five thirty on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, obviously, gone. you, you, you know, you're you're a MCC member, so you don't travel down to Marvel that often from your eastern suburbs abode. But no, that's not one, true. Where does one land their chopper on at Marvel on the concourse? Do they clear people out? Is it oh, on the running track? I know we have a lot of funny games, but I go to Marvel as just as much for like we don't play there a great deal. Like if you think about yep. it, like what four Hobart games, uh, Launceston games. Sorry, well, she's gonna get in trouble for that. 
MCG games, then you play marquee games like against Geelong or whatever, you know, at the MCG as well. Um, and then, so I reckon we'd only play three or four times at Marvel Tops when you take into account, you know, all the travel. Yeah, so you'd probably play, what, St Kilda and um, Hawthorne. We'll play uh, Essendon there Bulldogs, this year. Can we go likely. to that one? And yeah, yep. so St North probably. Uh, I think we did that in round one, if I remember correctly. So I don't get yep. to Marvel a great deal. Um, but uh, it, did, it did make me feel at home, Adam. It made a few changes because uh, I walked past on the ground level where they've got a carvery. And I was like, wow. <laughs> <Is that right? laughs> I, I do feel <laughs> that puts one at ease. Now, now you sent me a photo of where you were sitting and you were on the uh, lower deck. So you were on level one. I was. I sent you a photo of the um, sexy scoreboards that Gil talked about earlier this year. So I got the general admission ticket. Uh, How much is a general admission ticket these days? Twenty-seven dollars. Let me. Oh, I was going to say like forty-two. Okay, that's pretty good. No, it's not bad actually. It's not bad for an adult. And then I think yeah. for a family ticket, looking at the website, I think it was like a family ticket went down to like fifteen for each individual. So I was like, it's mm-hmm. not a bad rate, you know. That's good. Yeah, um, and I think and for the next month, the AFL has a campaign where it's kids get in for free. Kids for free. Yes, that's a and good point. And it was actually, one of the most fucking annoying things I've ever had to deal with at the footy because everyone brought their toddlers and toddlers, they don't want to be at the footy. I know you want them to get into the footy, but they don't fucking want to be there. And when they're kicking the back of my chair, I don't fucking want them there. Right? <laughs> Old man Rosenbach's right here. Oh, mate. When I did the turnaround at one point, because it was just doing my head and the dad wasn't paying attention. And then he's gone, oh, oh, sorry, mate. And I was like, yeah, you're fucking sorry. <laughs> and that kid, that kid's going to cop one right in the fucking mush if he keeps it up. And then they bring out the iPads. You like bring out the iPads from the start. They don't love the footy. Well, I went along. I went along by myself in the end. Um but then had a nice thrill of um, bumping into some family when I was there, and um, and so oh, I, and, they were, uh, and they were like, ah, oh, fuck, he's found us. <laughs> no, actually, 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 it was a mistake by me. I meant to be texting my brother-in-law and say like, um, uh, are you going tonight? But I, I'm actually just forgot to. And um, then yep. a little, my little ray of sunshine chuckle showed up at my feet, and I was like, g'day, chuckles, how are you? And then my little friend Millie Moo showed up, and I was like, what the hell? I've got all of them here. Um. And I did say I'd, I'd been standing at the back of the ground floor, and um, I went up to the attendant and said, um, uh, "You know, I've got a general admission ticket. We have general admission tickets. Like, where are they?" And he went, "Mate, I get off in ten minutes. Sit wherever you want." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fuck. That's the attitude you want. But I actually did have a bit of a moment of like going, oh, oh, I haven't been at Marvel for years. I was like, I, I was like, oh, like at the end of the game, like even though the doggies got up and all that kind of stuff, I was like, went down to the boundary and kind of looked around. I was like, oh, hello, Marvel. How are you? Yeah. What was it like seeing under the roof, seeing James Sicily be a complete nut of cockhead? What was that like? Well, a bit different uh, than MCG he, cockheadedness? He got- I mean, you got fined $1,000 for that. I don't know what rule that you actually violate by taking some... Oh, so to, to let junk timers know, he ripped off Aaron Norton's headband and he got fined. I, I'm in complete agreement with you. What the fuck? He ripped off Ed, Aaron Norton's headband and he got fined $1,000. What, what have you done wrong? Like, and also, like, like I guess. Why, why is the person who ripped the headband off being fined and the person wearing the headband is not being <laughs> fined? Mate, you know the headband is sacrosanct. Like you can't, you can't go the headband because that could lead to a potential concussion. You know, you never know what issues. You don't know whether, like Aaron Norton, it's covering up scars. You don't know That's why actually, he's wearing that. You know, it's actually a good point. Like as we always say, 
we don't want this going down to junior football. You know, we don't oh want God. kids <laughs> yeah. ripping headbands off other kids no. in the under nines, in the under tens, the under twelves. Mm. Like you can't see that. You don't want to see that kind of stuff. I mean, I know. I mean, if my nephew came home, he's not under tens anymore. But I'm like, if he came home and said, Mick, like, I got sent off because they have sent off rules. Yeah. And I was like, sheesh, this is big. What do you do? Yeah. He said, I ripped off a headband. I was like, the umpire did the bloody right thing. He <laughs> did the bloody right thing. <laughs> So what um, what activation? So it was a Western Bulldogs home game. Can you remember the activations that they run uh, quarter, half, and three quarter times? The activation? Do you mean like like the little party they do? Yeah, the little things they 3D. do. So quarter time. Oh, they did a, one. Uh, I, I I couldn't tell you what quarter it was, but at some stage they did the race against the car around the boundary. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. and she came out How of the blocks that? well, but then yeah, got yeah. destroyed because uh, I figure they kind of go. Uh, we're a computer, and we're going to decide <laughs> if we give away shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the so Carlton they, game, quarter time, they had kids dancing, and that was real cool. Yeah, And sure. then at three-quarter time, they have this thing. So they put up, like, a picture of Patrick Cripps and Adam Chera on either side of the scoreboard, mm-hmm. and then they say, who's smarter? And then they cut to a person in the crowd, and you have to point left or right ah. to work out who – that's how you – judge who is smarter and it was just one of the most pointless things i've ever seen in my life like it just made no sense there was no judgment there was no um criteria to it you didn't know who was smarter it was just some fuckwit in the crowd just going oh cripper and you go up oh, cripper smarter and then they move on to another two players do you feel like that's a bit mean to the players too like the one's been deemed smarter than yeah, the other yeah i think so I think so. It's more like who's more popular. Yeah. I feel like that's like a bit of a, like, you know, it's like almost a, like, if you, you, I mean, you wouldn't do like, you know, who's better looking or something or like who's yeah, a better yeah. player. It's like who's yeah. smarter. It's like, well, that's still a quality you would like to have. I, I wouldn't like <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's something you can test. dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the NHL seemed to kind of do it well. That kind of halftime stuff. And I, I mean, you've, you've been to games, but I watch YouTube clips yeah. and stuff like that. But like, they kind of do crowd interaction stuff that at least kind of seems to have like the um, the fans laughing. Like there was one I saw where they did kind of doppelgangers, celebrity doppelgangers. Oh and yeah. So it's like, and they're like attractive people, so you don't feel bad if the camera comes yes, on you and yeah, you go, yeah. you know. So it's like, yeah, yeah. Hey, you look like yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. It's not like the guy from. Like, it's not like the guy from Mask. No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, who looks like Jabba the Hutt? <laughs> oh, you don't get that reference, you don't. No, I understand that one because I was a child when I saw that film. Um, can I? The other thing interrupt? they do too, which I reckon would be quite soul-crushing, uh, soul-destroying for the players, is they read out, and I don't know if they do it for every team, but they go, uh, number one, Jack Silvani, uh, number two, Paddy Dow, and they read them out as the players, like the players are on the ground, and everyone like cheers for certain players, and it's got to hurt. You know, you've heard it. When they read out your name, and it's a bit like, eh. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. It's a bit like when they do in memoriams at award shows. Yeah. And it's like, you know, some person comes through and they'll like, you know, a production designer or whatever. And then like the next person comes through, they'll director. They get a round of applause. Yep. And it's like, <laughs> fuck, man, even in, de- in death, I'm being fucking <laughs> looked down on. It's like, whatever, mate. Yeah. Can I fr- very quickly just, I'm being skirting through the Big Shed Brewing Company website. 
Oh, okay. We're, we're Pretty much kind of like while we've been chicken chatting. Salt beer. Yeah. I can't find the chicken salt beer on it anymore. Like, it was all, it was only for a short time, so maybe they only made a limited amount and it's well, sold out. Well, I think they did have a limited period, yeah, but I'm also I'm more kind of concerned, like, where's our where's our cheeky little taste? Like, where's our... Yeah, I know. Because that's what I said. I wanted to say before, I don't think I actually said it, but I was like, I want to be in the same room when we do the... We'll do the pod together and we'll be in the same room when we do the Absolutely. chicken salt taste. The taste test together, yeah. And and if it turns out that the Big Shed Brewing Company has not supplied us with any Matani chicken salt beer, they are going to be in the end of one hell of a hateful <laughs> campaign. So it's, it's incumbent upon them to get that out as soon as they possibly can. Uh, you know, let's just... You just don't want to wake up with a uh, a low dog's head in your bed. You know, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> now, one of our favourite Collingwood supporters has been very active this week, Michael. He's he... been very chatty, hasn't he? Yeah. Now, I don't know if everyone can remember this guy. He was a he's just uh, he's just a rank and file Collingwood supporter, yeah. but he does a uh, I, I think it's a TV show that um, on a Wednesday night at. 11 o'clock or 11.30 or Mm. 10.30 or 1am on the Thursday or 9.50 on Go or 11.07 on Gem. You can catch it wherever you want, wherever you love your footy. You can (laughs) grab it. Sometimes just randomly it's on 10 Peach. No one knows why. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it just appears. So this particular Collingwood supporter who goes by the name of Eddie. Edmund? um, Edmund? Edmund, Edmund, I believe, yes. yes. So he's had a little bit to say about uh, a couple of issues uh, during the week. One of them, of course, was the um, was the, the, the chat that came out about Jordan Degoe and how, you know, he basically, he went the media and then he came out and was very apologetic and he got a $25,000 suspended fine, which is not a thing because it's suspended, which means <laughs> it's not actually a punishment. Bye. So it's not a real thing. And he came out and said that Jordan Degoe, uh, he says that he's on parole at Collin. On parole. So he believes Jordan Degoe is on parole, but he deserved one more chance. It absolutely deserves one more chance because when you get to your 18th chance, I've always said, give him one more. You've got to give him 19, you know? You've been strong on that the whole time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it's amazing all the things we've been talking about, like strong mm. on the red card, yeah. strong on the word low dog C, mm. and strong on every footballer deserves a 19th chance. You've been big on that absolutely. since day one. Yeah, and I think, like, next time, you know, and to, to, to test out Jordan to go properly, send him to Cancun because I think this time he's learned his lesson. Yeah, sure. I like the idea that, like, he's on a 19th chance and he's like, mm. fuck it, I'm on a 19th chance, let's go for it. And just to see yeah. what he could do on a night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> a night in Vegas. Down. Like, it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm going to shoot a lot of cops, okay? He, no, no, hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't end there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Let's Instagram live it from the moment I touch down. Yeah, never turn sure. your phones yeah. off. Fully charged. Yeah. We have we have rotating phones, so it never drains. We're always 100% on one phone all the time. Keep it going. Have six phones running constantly. We're watching look, Jordan Degoe live. Yeah, he might be on 4chan. Like, who knows? Who knows what platform? Mate, doesn't matter where it is. We're still watching it. <laughs> so Eddie came out. And said he said that Geordie has lived on the edge, if you like. And this is what I love about it. He just he understands that players do live on the edge, but he gives them, you know, he understands where they come from. Yep. He said uh, Geordie went and he got the tattoos. He goes to the fights and he hangs out sometimes with bikey communities and things like that. Now, who doesn't love a bikey community? You know, just when you're having a little bit of a catch-up, you know, just your local neighbourhood bikey community. I love those guys. 
So he's Bikey to community talk up. Okay. Now, okay, okay. That's there's a, a bit to unpack there, but it's like the bikey yeah. community. Okay. Okay, community is cleaning up a lot of the the work done by the first word there. Like yes. who's ever who's ever <laughs> yes, like yeah. we, we both, you know, used to live near a bikey clubhouse. It was painted black, yes. had cameras out yes. the front, wire on the fences. <laughs> it did. You just yes. want to walk into the local supermarket. You walk past it. It was actually chilling. Yeah. I would cross the road when I would get near to that bikey. Well, that, see, that that's where you got it all wrong. <laughs> they were just a community. Had you gone in, to, if you had you gone over those wire fences and over the razor wire, <laughs> you would have found a bunch of guys who were just like probably playing darts, you know, uh, it's, sewing. It's actually interesting you mentioned that because when you would walk past, you would hear a lot of mm. crying, and I just presumed it was like a lot of toddlers in a childcare centre. <laughs> oh yeah, probably is, probably is, or just guys bonding like a therapy, <laughs> like you know the the, the men's shed kind of thing. Uh-huh. Where guys open up and talk about their emotions. That's yeah, what sure. happens in bikey communities. And I remember, like, they were really into their arts and crafts and, like, uh, c- uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, con- uh, teaching people, you know, uh, construction, you know, because there was yeah. a lot of blow torches. There was a lot of angle grinders. <laughs> like, that was yep, helping yep. people out. How to you know what brings people bedroom. together? You know what brings people together? You know, a lot of people do, like, uh, you know, book club and stuff like that. If you've ever been to a pill press club, now, that is a one, it's where you bring your own pills that you've made during the week and you get some fucking uh, like a junkie from the area and each of you tests out your caps on him. And it's, it's just a fun bonding experience that bikey communities do. Well, actually, a pill press club and a book club isn't that different by the fact that people will just say to you, okay, so how did the pill make you feel? <laughs> That's a very good point. I mean, I was very excited in the first half, and then by the end of it, I was crying. It's like, wow, that is powerful. <laughs> that is powerful, yeah, two Amanda. Days later. <laughs> yeah, two days later, I was bawling my eyes out. Because you often quite a, like rotary, you would say, is like a kind of a community thing. And, and I've been inside rotary compounds. They're very mm-hmm. similar <laughs> to uh, bikey community compounds as well. You know, they're just... I think Eddie's nailed it. He, you know, if Jordy wants to hang out with the bikey communities, I think that's <laughs> totally okay. The bikey community. Oh, God. That is magical. That is cleaning up a lot of lot of lot of things right there. Yeah, it's doing a lot of heavy lifting. But he didn't stop there. Um, this uh, Collingwood supporter Edward, he went on to talk about the uh, Tasmanian football team mm-hmm. and whether or not uh, he proposed that it should be North Melbourne who play eleven home games in Melbourne, eleven home games in Tassie, split them, and basically never travel anywhere else and become super super squad. Now, people have come out and uh, trashed his idea, like a uh, former Premier in Tasmania has come out and said it's fucking ridiculous. Other people have said, basically, Eddie, you can fuck right off and go hang with some bikey communities. But he had this really amazing thing to say. He said, because, you know, they were talking about how they got the Gold Coast wrong. They got the GWS entry into the competition wrong. He said, the AFL have botched every single entry into the competition other than the two Adelaide sides and Richmond in 1908. Now, everyone, that, to a man, that is what everyone bases the introduction of teams uh, into the AFL. They're always like, is it like Richmond in 1908? They're like, yeah, yeah absolutely. Go, we fucking nailed it. Yeah. Because everyone remembers that. It was a great introduction into the AFL. It was smooth. They had their own team. They had their own suburb, Michael, and they had a ground that they built near the MCG. It was smart. I mean, they've had a few opportunities, obviously, they have over the journey um, to say, you know, bring in Frio, Port, 
you know, Adelaide, mm. expansion clubs everywhere. And um, the first thing they obviously did at the AFL slash VFL back mm. in the day is they get around the table and say, look, in 1907, the end of the <laughs> year, when we brought yeah. Richmond into the competition, that was seamless. The transition. It was. It was. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was it was beautiful. I br- it brings a yeah. tear to my eye just thinking about it. I oh, know it does. I can the see AFL, the emotion in you. Yeah. The way the AFL has poured millions into these mm. expansion teams without even considering what, what the forefathers did in 1907 to get Richmond into well, the competition. Well, back then, people were like, mate, as if anyone's going to go to football in Richmond. We're in Carlton. We're in Essendon. We're in Melbourne. Oh, That's a three-day trip. We can't, <laughs> I can't fucking get there. What are you, crazy? I mean, fuck, man. Like, we, we, we play in Geelong. We need a buy the week after. We're not back <laughs> yeah, in Melbourne. Exactly. A fucking a Richmond team is never going to work. And yet, the VFL proved everyone wrong and Richmond entered seamlessly. Like, people would often go all the way from Collingwood and they would take their families to Richmond games. It was <laughs> unbelievable back then. So Richmond came in in the uh, 08, okay? So it went from the eight teams to the 10. And 08 yep. also saw the beginning of university, okay? Oh, there you go. So that wasn't smooth. Well, I mean, that's the thing. You're delving into the my little world now. Like, uh, I've got mm. the university Wikipedia page up right now. For the junk timers out there who don't know, so university uh, was a team in the VFL from uh, 1908 to 1914. Is that all? Six years? Fuck. They, oh, mate. They, and they Not pumped time. millions of pounds into that team and they just wouldn't work. Um, so they came, they played at the Essendon home ground, which is the old um, East Melbourne home cricket ground, which I believe is where the, uh, it's near, I think that's where kind of Jolly Monty kind of area is now, uh, the station, um, but train yard essentially now. But they were known as the students, the professors, and the shop. The shop. The shop. The shop. Oh, shop. S-H-O-P. That's weird. They wore black Guernsey with a blue chevron. I think it was Definitely a v. Chevron. Mm. Uh, they were not particularly successful, but they were also amateur. So they're amateur, and then people uh, began playing for money, and so therefore they were a bit behind the eight ball because they um, uh, didn't have the money to pay for them. But because they were Melbourne University students, they also had an eight ball because they come from money. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love though is in 1914 they've gone, mate. We need to get rid of university, and then. The VFL signed them all up to go to Gallipoli, and so they. Well, that's the thing, though. Like that's the thing, though. Like they they were a team of amateurs that were students, and like mm. they actually like kind of were like, we need to actually do our studies and shit like that. But then I would imagine a team called University with, with you know young vibrant amateur people who don't have yep. jobs where you can get out of you know wartime things. They're like going, oh yeah, I feel like I feel like if there's a world war, like they're gonna come for the fit twenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Having having said that, when you played against um, university, they had a cutting um, university review that they used to do at quarter time, and they would mercilessly satire the opposition team, and that <laughs> sometimes proved so brutal. I actually would love that because I was joking joke with a friend the other day, like university reviews, like they're not, I suppose they're not so much a thing now, but like back in the day, like they were regarded as like, the, the biggest insult you could make to like a sketch troupe or something was undergraduate. 
Yes. Yep. And I would love to have read the the reviews, well, the reviews, the match reports after university <laughs> and just straight us going, an undergraduate first quarter, yes, so university yes. five goals behind. It was a very puerile game, that one. <laughs> but so when did Hawthorne come into the VFL? Uh, 1925 along with North and dun, 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 Dogs. So Eddie is saying that your introduction, the doggies and North, was not seamless. So clearly, Richard, I mean, Richard was the point. only one that actually made it. Yeah. So he's saying That's that your introduction, you completely fucked it up. Like everyone's still talking. Like I, when I was at the footy yesterday, people were going, "How much money we're we going to pour into this fucking Hawthorne side? We've been holding them up for ninety-seven years. This is fucking bullshit." That's actually a really good point. Let me look this up very quickly, okay? So Richmond won the premiership in 1920, okay? So what, 12 years? 12 years After into them. So, so GWS made a grand final in, what, seven years? Uh, uh, 2012 to 19, yep, okay. Richmond won it in 2020. They won it in 2021, okay? Okay, Collingwood, okay. Collingwood, you came into the league in uh, 1897, okay? When did you win your first flag, okay? The, the score to beat... Yeah, eight years. 12 years. Eight ah, years. fuck. They won back-to-back. Oh, two, oh, three. <laughs> it was a pretty good year. <laughs> they they yeah, did well. No, ah, fuck. But they cleaned up because all the other teams were decimated from the Boer War. So they were just like, hey, we didn't send anyone. Yeah, sure. I th- I'm sure back in the day, in like, you know, 1902, like, it would just be, like, in the paper, it would just be, like, out, you know, Smith, syphilis. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But also, too, that Eddie says that uh, only the two Adelaide teams were okay. I thought I thought Frio and West Coast entrance into the uh, competition were pretty fucking smooth as well. Like, basically... They were smooth. Like, Frio didn't make the finals for about 10 years. But... Oh, no. A bit longer. When did Frio come in? Um, 96-ish. Yeah, 95, 96, yeah. Um, so they didn't make the finals until about 04. But again, like they also had like a, a, a slow build a s- to being the, like the little brother, I suppose. But now, obviously, they're flying. Like in terms yes. of like you know, it's 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 you know, if you're two town teams, like you know, you got to struggle to fuck that up unless you're not a football based town. Um, yes. But I, it's also quite remarkable the idea that the dude just has like 1908 Richmond just like <laughs> off the top of his head, kind of going. Yeah, no. No, they did it perfectly, mate. 1908. Yeah. No, they they brought in. <laughs> they they they'd have an arsenic an arsenic cocktail before the game and at quarter time. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you know that? Uh, footballers in real life. Hit me, man. Uh, it's not a footballer in real life as such, but Marvel Stadium, the glory on Friday night that I um took in, I saw a Tom Brown in real life. Really, a Tom Brown in real life wandered by me. I reckon around about three quarter time. I reckon it was. Were people recognising him? Well, actually, I, sh- I probably should have said, I should have said um, exclusive Tom Brown yeah. in real life. <laughs> uh, he, he walked past very quickly. I reckon he probably would get a bit of a look at, I don't think it's as recognisable as like your Hutchies back in the day and the like. I feel like yes, people yeah, aren't yeah. watching news as much, you know, obviously. Um, How short is returns. he? Is he short? He seems short. Mm, analogy, very quickly, I would feel a bit shorter than myself, but I'm hardly a giant. Um, yep. So, yeah, so I'm not going to call him out on that. Um, from Seb in Germany, quick few footballers in real life from earlier this year. I was finally able to travel back to Australia with my wife and son after two bloody years of being locked out. In brackets, yes, I'm doing very well for myself. 
and happened to stay with friends on Barclay Street in Footscray, in brackets, actually not doing so well for myself. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's tough times There was a there. great playground across from Wittenover where I used to take my son, and on New Year's Day, around 3pm in the afternoon, which was one of the hottest days in Melbourne this summer, and around 40 degrees, I spotted a single car in the club's car park. In brackets, can't remember the brand or make, but a small sedan, not very flash. Okay. After a while, we noticed the lights were on at the club gym next to the car park where very sweaty and fit-looking Jamara Eagle Hagen came out to lock up and drive off. Uh, well, there you which go. AFL player in their right mind would train by themselves at the club gym on a 40-degree 40, 40 day, especially when it's New Year's Eve. Well, that's now, uh, you know what I like his I like his uh, commitment to the team because remember Eugle Hagen Eugle Hagen was you know in and out of the side last year and he wanted to be you know the number one man and he wasn't and he's gone up fuck that but also too if you do do that on New Year's Day when clearly there's no one else around because there was no other cars in the car parks you make sure that everybody knows that you were there I was about to say the exact same thing if you were showing up on a forty degree day on New Year's yeah. Day to do a yeah. workout. That's on Instagram. You're fucking, you're fucking tagging your fucking card 12 times on entry <laughs> yeah. and 12 times yep. on the way out. You're like, you want yep. everyone to know I was yep. fucking here on New Year's yep. Day when it was 40 degrees yep. working out and nobody else was. Yes. You are sending emails from your work computer that very day to make sure everyone knows. Yeah, dude. Like, you're, you're texting Bevo going, hey, mate, 9 a.m., can't get into club gym. Mine <laughs> popping in. Yeah, <laughs> Got the yeah. key. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, Sending yeah. that to everyone. Uh, another one from Seb. A few weeks prior to Christmas, we were also at that playground and walked over to watch the dogs go through their preseason um, sessions when a quite curious head coach, Bevo, uh, head coach, a.k.a. Bevo, the man himself, came over to say g'day to my two-year-old son and myself. That's cool. I must admit, if... If you're not a journalist leaking Western Bulldogs team insights, he can be a very <laughs> friendly man. Still looking very respectable and slightly intimidating, though. Now, do you reckon Bevo had the, the mo by then? Or was that more like an early 2020 thing? Yeah, I reckon I reckon he was rocking the mo. But uh, just any time, Luke Beveridge, even sans mo, can be, I reckon, intimidating. Friend of the show, obviously. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, I was scared of him on stage beside him, and he was enjoying himself. But I reckon uh, <laughs> if Bevo gave you a spray... You'd fucking know about it. I could handle a spray. I think it's a fucking right hook that I'd <laughs> not. Yeah, there is that. Uh, final one. Uh, one in brackets. Literally, massive ab- absentee across all pre-Christmas training was Tim English. who was nowhere to be found. Hmm. Interesting. Some junk time scoop. We'll dig a bit deeper on that one. Yeah, a junk time scoop six months after the fact. <laughs> we'll get Tom Brown on it. You know, we're mates now. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, we are going to hit the road. We are Junk Time Alpha Pod at Gmail, Twitter, Facebook, and the Gram. Go. Go Baggers.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.